We're exactly one minute into this, and I've already spilled whiskey all over my desk. Movie Freaks. Because I like you. My only regret is I didn't get to watch it four times in XD. Movie Freaks. Garbage. Hey, good luck, Red Shirt. I'm not allowed to go back on the show, I don't think. I'm like, up. Oh, I feel like Jaws 2 coming on. Utter silence. Great, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net with kids that can come home from the first day of school with a runny nose. I'm Eric Marner. Amen to that, and I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> and finally, at long last, we have a special guest, the director of Fury Road, Stephen Miller. <laughs> hey! How's it going? How are you doing, sir? Good. I uh, just took a break from recording the newest Mad Max movie, so uh, had to carve out some time to come here, and uh, happy to be here. So well, Excellent. <laughs> glad to have you on, finally. <laughs> um, how are we all doing tonight? Eugene, you're up first. Uh, good. Uh, I always say this, so it's, it's redundant, but I've been... Today, especially really, really busy. Like I have been working pretty much nonstop since eight thirty, and just had enough breaks for food, and, uh, and now I'm podcasting. But this is a good thing. I'm very much in need of chill out, talk about movies with friends, and enough work and stuff. So me too. I, I broke the record yesterday. For the most emails I've ever gotten a single day, and it was 162. Oh, man. In my job, that's astronomical. Yeah. Uh, Steven, how about you, dude? Uh, Busy as well. Uh, School started back up for us this week, so a couple weeks leading up to school, and the first week of school, very busy. So, yep. 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 Everybody's busy. Wonderful. But being busy is good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's better than like, well, I'm uh, my house went into foreclosure and <laughs> I have no job and <laughs> yeah, yep. All oh, right, well, man. let's get on with talking about movies because I'm sure we're gonna get. Let's try and get to as many of them as we can because I have a million to talk about and I'm sure we won't get to a third of them, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, let's start kick off with like we always do with the roulette where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last episode it was Boyega Undisputed. Up against Desierto, I think is how you say that. <clears throat> That's what we're going with. And it's my turn to go first. Okay. This is Undisputed 4, I think is what we settled on. Uh, yeah. On our discussion last time. Boyka. I don't think it's... I think that's how you say it. Boyka. And this is an easy thumbs up. Eugene, definitely watch this. It's great. Uh, it, he is the hero of the movie this time around. I think he was maybe last time too, but... Scott Atkins just whipping ass and taking names, and I mean, there's a whole plot here and everything, but why spoil it? It's it's kind of a typical fighter movie, blood sport, you know, that kind of old school Van Damme type idea, and it it was totally easy to watch, and I had a lot of fun, a lot of brutal hits and some brutal deaths, and it was cool martial arts movie. I I would say that. For anybody that's into martial arts, you'll know that it's mostly a a pile of crap in that giant flipping, spinning, double spin kicks through the air where you're like, no, that that in real martial arts, that never happens. When you see those 
gigantic roundhouse kicks. No, in real fights, they don't do that unless the, the opponent is super dazed. That's the only time that'll ever happen because it, it's, that's just a movie thing, you know? Uh, but, you know, it still looked awesome. I mean, you know, it's cool to see that stuff like in a fighting video game, so why not throw it into this? But, uh, yeah, the real, I mean, one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life, and I'm not talking about Scott Atkins, I'm talking about one of his opponents, literally a monster. He, he, he looks, kind of reminded me of the mountain from, uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, oh, ginormous. Okay. He looks like he's eight feet tall and completely ripped, uh, it was insane. Uh, the story, of course, is generally ridiculous, but I, who cares? It was still a thumbs up, fun action movie, and you can go into this one without seeing any undisputed movie. Totally stands alone. So I have a confession to make. I don't think I've seen one Scott Atkins movie ever. Oh, uh, as much man. As you guys have talked about. I don't think I... <laughs> Well, he uh, is kind of a a streaming star. <laughs> well, I've never knowingly watched a Scott Atkins movie. He was so. he was in Expendables two, which I'm guessing yes. you've watched Expendables two, right? I've I've seen one Scott Atkins movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So which Scott Atkins movie should he watch? I would say Ninja one and two. I agree. Yep, Ninja one and two definitely. Or this there one. This is a good one too that showcases just what an absolute beefcake dreamboat this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> and he is. Oh, he's, he is the definition of glistening muscle man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for Boyka Undisputed. Check it out. Eugene, Desierto. Desierto. Uh, so, I, I repeat myself so many times when I'm talking about Netflix movies, but here we go. Not a bad movie at all. It's, um, it's, Pretty interesting as far as the storyline goes, but it just feels low-budget-ish, but well shot. A group of Mexicans are trying to cross the border illegally, um, all for various reasons, and all reasons are, you know, you feel bad for them. Uh, And then we have a good old boy at the border uh, with his killer dog and a rifle, and he is all about uh, killing those nasty illegal aliens, you see. So the movie is essentially, it kind of comes down to a cat and mouse type thing in the desert um, with some slasher tropes thrown in there, which I kind of appreciated. It's, it's a, you know, there is a killer picking them off one by one in somewhat inventive and gory ways. Uh, acting is adequate. Um, it's a bit long-winded, even at an hour and 27 minutes, probably because it's, this, the setup happens pretty quickly. So we see the killer guy and within, you know, the first act, he's already offing people. And then it's run, hide, shoot, run, hide, shoot, run, hide, shoot, barking dog, rinse, repeat. <laughs> but having said that, it's, I've seen way worse. It, it was a perfectly serviceable one time. In fact, the first half hour or so, I'm like, all right, it's pretty good production values. And I'm like, the, the this bad guy is, he's, He's a nasty old bastard, and like okay, and the, and the hero guy, the this illegal alien guy that's trying to cross the border, you really feel for him, and you want him to survive. And um, anyway, yeah, it was good for one time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it, or I'll probably never watch it again. But I've seen way, way worse. Okay, I, that sounds kind of as expected. I think for me, I, yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep that in the queue. I'll check that out. Yeah, it's, it's. One of those afternoon, what do I watch? It's not that deep. It's got some 
good action. Every now and then there's a CGI bloodshot that I'm like, come on, guys. Like, there's some other good gore in here. Why did you actually have to go that the the CGI gunshot route? I hate that. Yeah. But all right. I, I don't really have any questions. It sounds about about right. Yep. Uh, Steven, did you watch one of the roulettes from last week? I did. All right. I, what is the I was t- going, title I was and going report, to take, sir? <laughs> I was, I was going to watch Gold, but I figured that would be too easy of a choice because it's probably going to be good. So I wanted to pick one that could maybe be painful to watch. So <laughs> I, Not hard to do. <laughs> if I'm going to watch a roulette movie, I want to take that risk. Mm-hmm. Um so I went and actually watched Catfight, and I didn't watch the trailer. I just picked that based on what you guys had talked about. And because of who was in it, I actually, you know, know some of the people in it. So um, let's go here. A rivalry between two former college friends come to a head when they both attend the same glamorous event, uh, Sandra O oh and Haish and Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, I mean, that is just a who's that of 90s people. Like, <laughs> huh? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Now, the way you guys had sold it, I thought it was going to be more kind of like horror-ish type of comedy because I didn't watch the trailer before I before I watched it. And it plays almost entirely like a straight drama almost um, because it's Anne Heche and Sandra Oh. Um, their lives are kind of going in opposite direction. One's having a good life and one's having a bad life. They meet at a, uh, a party at an event and they didn't like each other in high school. And it it, just, it plays out, begins to play out just like a regular straight drama would. And it's good. And then suddenly, once they meet, they just break out and start kicking the crap out of each other. And then... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, when you meet someone and you're mad at someone, and in your head, you're like, I would just love to just beat the crap out of them. But obviously, you don't do that. Yeah. Except in this movie... <laughs> at least I never have. I don't know. But But in this movie, they're like... They just start beating the crap out of each other, and um, I, this is not, I mean, this is kind of a semi-spoiler, I suppose, but one of them goes in a coma, they wake up, and their lives kind of turn upside. Well, one life gets better, and one person's life gets worse, and then it goes from there. Um, it's very strange. Like I said, it plays, for the most part, like a straight-up drama with some comedy bits, but then there's three total fight scenes where they actually fight each other and beat the crap out of each other. So wait, after the so coma, they fight again? Oh, they fight two more times after the coma. This sounds bananas. And I, I give the movie a thumbs up. I don't know if you guys would necessarily enjoy it because it does. If, if you take out those fight scenes, it's almost just like a straight up drama, which it's good, but it's just so strange. <laughs> but I enjoyed it, so... <laughs> It's it's Peter Griffin versus the chicken, isn't that? Is oh, that what it is? nice! It, that's it's Peter Griffin versus the chicken. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So thumbs up for me. I, I enjoyed it as weird and kind of oddbally as it is, but yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of split on I, that one. I just did a huge Netflix purge where I went through my whole list and just dumped. I don't know. It's just one of those moods. You, you know, sometimes you're adding shit and you're like, oh, roulette, roulette, and then you watch a couple roulettes and you're like. It, I'm never going to watch this. I'm never going to watch this. So I cleaned out like 50 things, but yeah. hmm, maybe that one, I think I'm, I might just kind of let it sit there for a minute in purgatory. Yep. And it, it does have some nice comedy bits in there as well, but it's just, it's an odd movie. Something I've never seen before. So yeah. yeah. Credit to, for that. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next round. Uh, I'm up first. Wonderful. 
Uh, throw in your way. Uh, we're going to, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. We're still trying to figure out how often we're going to have Steven on or guests on or whatever. So it's up to you, Steven, if you want to watch it's dealer's choice. If you want to pick one of these to watch, fine. It can even be one that we pick. I don't care. Cause sometimes it'd be good to have a different opinion yeah. or a conflicting opinion. That would make for interesting discussion. Uh, the house on Willow Street. After a young woman is kidnapped, her captors soon come to realize that, in fact, they may be the ones in danger, and this young woman has a demon inside of her, which I know is going to nab Eugene. My Scientology hey. movie. L Louis Thoreau documents his investigation into what goes on behind the scenes of the infamous Church of Scientology. And this was a quick replacement because it was just thrown on Netflix uh, a couple of hours before we started recording. Be Afraid. Uh, subtle title. After moving into a small town with his family, a man is afflicted by a mysterious sleep paralysis linked to dark beings threatening his young son. Another synopsis that immediately is going to grab Eugene because he likes those sleep paralysis movies, I think. So there yep. you go, bud. Uh, over to you. Okay, <clears throat> so for me, we uh, have starting off with uh, this is an oldie but a goodie that has been continually thrown onto the roulette, but it's going to keep on until someone picks it, and that is The Similars. Uh, 2015, it is about a group of uh, eight people that are at a bus station heading to Mexico City, and they expect experience a strange phenomenon and it has gotten pretty good reviews from what uh from what i'm seeing so there's that i i think it does look pretty good and this is one that regardless if if no one ever picks this on roulette i eventually i am going to uh i'm going to watch this movie so okay first uh was that second is berlin is it berlin syndrome or berlin syndrome uh, like, well, considering that we grew up in Berlin, it's probably Berlin. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Drama horror mystery is what IMDb says. And it's uh, a very, very brief runtime of about two hours for you. Uh, passionate <laughs> holiday. That was going to be my next question. How long yep. is this? <laughs> uh, passionate holiday romance leads to an obsessive relationship when an Australian photojournalist wakes one morning in her in a Berlin apartment and is unable to leave. And last but not least, because there was utter shit on Netflix, I chose The Kindred on uh, on YouTube. This is from 1987. It's an alien-y type thing. And I've always wanted to watch this movie because I remember the box art at the video store I used to work in, but I never got around to watching it. A geneticist takes his assistance to his old family home to locate the deadly product of his late mother's revolutionary research into human evolution. Uh, his monstrous tentacled baby brother, uh, if, um, mad science, whatever. It's 80s <laughs> creature feature type thing. Uh, there How you long go. is it? Uh, hour and 30. But keep in mind that's YouTube. Never been released, I believe, even to DVD. So you're looking at a uh, VHS rip. But nah, I don't go. care about that. As long as it's uh, English in some form. Yeah. It, it, okay. So there is your three. Man, I I swear when you said the kindred, I that sounds so familiar. Like I think I should know what that is. The cover is like a baby's bottle, and there's this weird little extra looking creature inside the bottle. I remember that cover. Yes, that cover. Yes, great. I do. Okay, I'm taking the kindred. Oh, you, you talked me into it. Nice. <laughs> okay. 
All right. And for and me, um, uh, the Be Afraid, that because that was kind of a, a last-minute addition, so I hopped onto IMDb and, you know, looked at it a little bit, and, um, and I'm like, oh, there are some people are comparing it to Lifetime Movie of the Week type thing. I'm like, uh, but House okay. on Willow... Be afraid it is. <laughs> <laughs> but House on Willow Street, the cover looks impossibly cool. Way too cool, actually, for the movie itself, I'm sure. So why don't we take House on Willow Street? Alrighty. Steven, would you like a would you like a movie for the next time that you're on? I think I'll just hang out and whenever I happen to be on again, I'll just pick one from that previous week's roulette okay i think that'll be the way to go translation all your movies suck i got (laughs) you try better next time yep (laughs) i don't blame you okay uh next week it will be the kindred up against Uh, the house on willow street (laughs) and i love that i love that you uh that you remember that cover because that cover is very i don't know why it's very iconic of the vhs era like i remember like every video store would have that in there and it's so cool looking but i never watched it Oh, that's interesting. I, I'm looking at that cover too, and that does that. That is a unique cover, right there. Yeah, the Kindred. Yeah. Now I gotta look it up. I, I just remember that. I mean, when you put that on there, I was like, "That's so familiar." What is that? It's like an alien inside a baby bottle. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking here. Not. Uh, come on. That's what the roulette is. You never know what what might be cool and. <laughs> It also brought up some blocky children's game. I got oh. lots of pictures of that. Oh, that, that alien looks pretty sweet. Yeah, it does. Oh, I remember that cover. Anthony didn't ask to be brought into this world. Ugh. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Good thing you didn't read that tagline. I might <laughs> be watching a different movie this week. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the next segment here, and we're going to do a real quick, or, well, real quick. We're going to do a tr- one round of true or false. I asked you guys to each come up with a true or false question, movie-related, and we can rabbit trail around a little bit, and then we'll get into recently watched. And I get to go first again. Okay. Now, hang with me on this one, because it's a little wordy, and I'm going to have to explain a couple of things. It's, it's, I, I, I went down this... <laughs> this idea hole and I was like it just led me into all kinds of things well what if they say this I better come up with some rules anyway true or false if it would ensure the reinvigoration of the physical media market I would nuke all online streaming sites out of existence Ooh. so think about it Video stores would come, You, I, I give you a box with a button, you push it, all online streaming stuff goes away. So now everybody to get their movies has to rely on physical media again. Video stores would come back, uh, you would have to rent your videos again, go to a physical store and rent them. There would be no Netflix mailers, Not, not even, you don't even get to sit at home and get the media to come to you. You have to go to a store. Uh, online videos... Um, maybe there would be like a YouTube or something, but online videos could not be monetized in any way. So you, any movie that you would get to see on there would be truly the lowest of the low budget independent film. It would not, anything that cost any amount of money, no one would put online. Hmm. Hmm. But on the upside, uh, 
the home video market would go would because we've been in a, a decline of the vi- home video market would yeah. physical media media would you not say very uh, much so yeah it would ramp back up again Ooh. you want to go first eugene or should um, i go you know I, let me i want to just process that a little bit I'm, go for your, it your yeah, other take... option is you don't push the button and things just continue that the way they are headed which we don't know <sighs> It doesn't yeah. mean that physical media is going away, but it's in the decline for now. Well, my heart almost wants to say, yes, push the button, because the memories that we used, because we used to, you know, have to go to Blockbuster or Hollywood Ready to to rent a movie, and half the fun was walking around the store for about an hour with, yes, with your friends. Yes, sir. Agreed. Trying to, to figure out what to watch, and then the movie was almost secondary at some time, so... That sounds kind of fun in a way, but I've gotten really, really comfortable just pulling up Netflix or Amazon and and hitting play. <sighs> so if I had to, I I would not nuke uh, the online services. I don't think a false from Stephen Eugene. You know, so I'm thinking if we would if we would nuke this and it would go back to physical media only. We would get rid of so much junk that pops up every week on streaming sites that, you know, so-and-so made for 10 bucks and now it's available. Back in the day, it was a production. Even, even the low, low budget stuff, there was generally a production behind it. And now it's like you get a couple people together and you make a movie and you sell it to Netflix or whatever, uh, which, now there was just an influx of roulette stuff that we sift through. Um, having said that, though, it is really, really nice to hop on to Vudu and, uh, hey, I can't find such and such movie at my local video store, but I can, I can uh, either purchase it on Vudu or other streaming sites, or I can rent it, which is really, really nice. Um, Here's another I, thing, though, to to that point. I'm not saying that it would become expensive to make movies again because the equipment and everything would still exist. So people could still go make their own movies. And if you'd want to put them online, I mean, they could be free, but you could also, you might have a version of Netflix, like family video. You know what I mean? You have a Netflix store and in that store, you got to peruse a whole bunch of low budget bullshit that they might've produced. And then yeah. find some gems. It, it would just be taking it out of the home and putting it back in the store. Yeah. That's that's a good point because, Eugene, when you were saying that, I was like, yes, there is a kind of oversaturated of that kind of anyone can make a movie. But at the same time, every once in a while, as you guys know from the roulette, someone makes a really good movie. Yeah. Yep. And you might not have had that otherwise. But if the rules apply that they can still make their movie and put it in the stores – well, then that's just... Somebody would have to pick it up. You could still make the movie. Yeah. It just... Like, somebody would have to make... You know... Yeah. Decide yeah. to take it. I think that because of my... The, the studios that I buy my movies from, uh, these the old school stuff, which is what I'm so into, and even now it's very, very difficult to capture that magic. So, so many of those movies are being remastered or whatever, and I'm still able to buy that physical media, and I'm probably going to be able to for a long time. So I'm gonna go with the best of both worlds. I'm gonna probably nuke it, and um, or I'm sorry, I'm gonna probably go and <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go and keep the streaming sites, and uh, you know, because it is nice to be able to just hop onto Amazon, hop onto Netflix, 
who you know, all those different sites and oh that's cool I want to watch that uh, whereas I can still pick up my Arrow Blu-ray or my Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray and be happy to blow money on stuff that probably isn't worth half of what I'm paying. So oh, wow, so you say false as well? Wow, interesting. I'm inter- I, That's interesting. I thought you would have been the one to push the button. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go ahead. I, I really, I'm of two minds on this too, because I love to just sit down and go through Netflix, even with the crap that's on there and, and the, the, you know, getting reeled into these synopsis that uh, seem amazing. And then it's total garbage. I love being able to do that. But on the other hand, I still go to the library to get movies an awful lot. We don't have a video store in this town anymore. The only reason I go to family videos is when I'm buying stuff because I, I there's no use setting up a rental. I'm not a, I don't have one close to me. But as much as I still go to the library and the video store and all that stuff, if it would ensure, think of the wording of the way I put it, if it would ensure the reinvigoration of physical media market, I would push the button. I'm going to say true. I would do it mm. because there is just so much crap to wade through. Here's the thing, too. I thought about making the uh, distinction that I thought about going as far as saying get rid of the Internet. Like you can't have the Internet. But I decided not to because here's the thing. If we keep the Internet in this scenario, that's insane. Uh, I can at least be going online and talking to people and talking about movies. And have you heard about this movie? And have you heard about this low budget movie? So people can still, they could point me to websites where I could buy a copy of these low budget movies that are supposed to be awesome stuff like that. And that was something that was huge when I was growing up that we did not have at best. We had an entertainment weekly or the newspaper, you know, we didn't have anything whatsoever. So the internet completely changed how movie freaks talked about movies and argued about movies. Uh, and brought to light a million movies I had never heard of that now I can order in from other places also via the internet. So I didn't take away the internet in this scenario. But what about, what about like the, the long lost movies on, like, especially, it, honestly, for me, it comes down to more of like YouTube. YouTube, all of these long lost movies are able to be found on YouTube, like the old VHS rips, but those would probably go away. And now I wouldn't have access to those like the Kindred, like, you're right, but I feel like the reason that those aren't being re-released or, and they are so quote-unquote lost is because Netflix is so populated with this low-budget shit that we're talking about. If you take that away and there's no market for it, you will see a resurgence of the of the old stuff, of old lost films, uh, people looking for those gems, and they would become more easy to, easier to find, and there would be more excuse and more reason to re-release them, in my opinion, wouldn't there? Because it's like, I'm looking for an 80s movie. Well, the 80s are long gone, buddy. You got this, or you got this. People would be bringing back anything that they possibly could from those eras. Well, crap. Now, I have, mm. a, I have a question. Does, if I push the button, does that also get rid of, um, like, Turner Classic Movies on on TV? I mean, they play old classic movies twenty four seven. No, no, so I'm, no I'm not TV. That stays? I'm talking strictly internet. That okay. TV programming would still remain. Okay, because if we did that, there's a lot of old movies. I mean, you, you know, you got kind of the quintessential. I mean, the the big stuff that everyone knows. But there's a lot of other movies that people might not have a demand for to, uh, you know, on Blu-ray or whatever. So, as long as TCM keeps going. 
you know, I don't know. I still wouldn't push the button, but it would make it a little bit easier to push the button if I had to. As well, I mean, that's technically a movie. I mean, well, duh, it's a movie channel. It's the same as like HBO back in the, the day or, you know, yeah. Showtime or whatever, where they show the same 10 movies over and over and over for a whole summer. So I, I'm not really, and that, but that's a pay service. T- I don't know. I'm not really taking that away because that's an extra pay service. I was going to say you could yeah. have to wait for a movie to come on TV. It would be edited, uh, regular TV. That's, I mean, that, those were our, our options back when we were kids, Stephen. It was, it comes to your mom and pop rental store or you wait three years and it comes on TV, super edited down to, <laughs> uh, yeah. an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> well, uh, no, that, this is a good point because, um, some of these movies, like without the streaming services, I'm sure that some studios that own the rights to these movies would be a lot more opt to, Okay, let's get these out there on physical media, newly remastered, because people will buy it. Because right now, so many movies are not being released because uh, we, we the sales aren't there on Blu-ray. We can't, we can't. You know, Why spend that, the money on this old niche movie when I can? Here's a new movie. Here's a new low-budget horror movie with sexy people A, B, C, and we made it for less than it would cost to clean up the old eighties mm-hmm. into a you know. A okay. releasable form. You know what? The more I think about this, the more I might have to have to press the nuke button on that one because there are so many movies. Going back to YouTube, that I would love to see on Blu-ray remastered, but I'm like, they probably will. I mean, unless some of these companies that I always talk about pick them up and hope to sell maybe a thousand copies, they'll never see the light of day. They're just. I I know this is I'm it's a weird scenario that I'm putting out there and I'm speculating a lot on the possibilities of what could happen. You know, I mean maybe maybe if that did happen they would never bring back these movies from YouTube in the 80s whatever, but I think it's a possibility. At any rate, um shit, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Oh, just you know, the idea of all these streaming services going away, that's not that far-fetched. If net neutrality goes away, some of these things could be going away. We, and if it does, that is the only possible benefit I can see from net neutrality ruining the internet is, uh, physical media making a resurgence. Yeah. And these, and go ahead, Steve. Uh, and I was gonna say one more argument for pushing the button is, I don't know about you guys, but when I, I don't have a lot of Blu-rays to begin with, but whenever I do go to buy a Blu-ray, the, the almost more importantly than the movie is what special features are on that disc because that's for me that's half the reason to buy blu-ray and everything going to streaming you you lose some of that stuff so maybe just for that alone because i love that stuff the behind the scenes stuff and all the special features i love that so maybe just to make sure that doesn't go away it might be worth pushing the button so i i agree i agree i wish they would I wish they would do better. The way the way that when DVD first came out, I, they were, went gung ho with uh, making ofs and behind the scenes, and it feels like they've gotten mo- pretty lax, except for the niche stuff that Eugene gets. Yeah, those things are amazing. Most of the time, I go to make making ofs on my stuff, and it's fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be shit. Yeah, and, yeah, it is. You know what? No, now that I have had some time to think about it, I would do definitely do the nuke button because <laughs> seriously. And I'll get into this with recently watched. There was a movie that I I watched for the first time on Blu-ray, having seen it a couple times on VHS, and the special features and everything, the packaging. I'm like, this has turned my opinion on this movie, and I would not have got that from even a cleaned up streaming thing. It was just the whole pack, even the packaging itself is gorgeous uh and it it makes the movie feel more special to me 
So you know what? Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> have I, I have... turned you guys around? We're now at true, true, true. <laughs> yep. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm still holding out, but if okay. we talk much longer, I'm going to push the button. So, <laughs> uh, hey, trust me, it would pain me just even to lose the movies that I own on Vudu. Not even Netflix and all that. Vudu would be the biggest loss for me. Uh, anyway, okay, let's move on. Uh, Eugene, your turn. What do you got? Okay. Directors, okay, true or false? <clears throat> Directors' cuts are at least eighty percent of the time better than the theatrical versions. Uh, true. True. I, I'm gonna go true right off the bat because I, I would even go higher than eighty percent of the time. I, I feel like most of the time that uh, we're disappointed with a director's cut, or well, let me think here. There has to be the distinction between directors and unrated, mm-hmm. because sometimes that's a producer cut that they throw together, and you watch it and you're like, "That was nothing. Why? Why was that touted? It was just a ploy to double dip or sell you, I don't know, another mm-hmm. expanded edition, you know?" And it's nothing. Uh, Fantastic Four. I think it was the first one. I think it was the first one. Maybe it was the second one. I don't know. I bought one of them where it was like special extended edition, and they had. They didn't tell you this, but they put in unfinished special effects scenes. It's like, what the, what the hell? I got rid of my old Fantastic Four. Granted, a shit movie, but my new one, now I can't watch the, the theatrical cut, and it's got scenes in it with unfinished special effects. I'm like, this is bullshit. And I totally fell for that one, but that was not a director's cut. So, majority of the time director's cut... I would say is an improvement. There are a few times where you watch it and you're like, no. It usually, I mean, I'm trying to think. Well, there's some. There's some for sure. A-Team comes to mind and Rob Zombie's, Rob Zombie, both of Rob Zombie's Halloween's, especially Zombie's Halloween's are, uh, especially part two, significantly better in their theatrical versions than the, uh, actually it's because of Zombie's Halloween 2 is why I came up with that question. I agree, but the, the the director's cuts that are better, though, I mean, Aliens, Terminator 2... Abyss. Abyss. Oh, we just named three James Cameron movies. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are there any other James... Any other movies from... <laughs> any other... Fuck. <laughs> uh, are there any other directors that you can think of right off the bat where the director's cut is not as good? I, you know what, I think I prefer, not I think, I know I prefer Ridley Scott's original version of Alien versus his uh, director's cut. It's not that much different, but I definitely prefer the the original version to Alien. I like the director's cut better. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a little leaner, a little meaner, and it's only a couple minutes, so it's not a big deal, but... yeah. But having said that, uh, I, you know, I've, now I'm scaling got... it back. Maybe eighty. I, I was gonna say eighty is too low. Now I'm gonna say maybe it's too high. Maybe it should be like, I don't know, sixty percent. Hmm. Stephen, weigh in. <laughs> well, I am embarrassed here because I have to kind of honestly plead ignorance because, unlike you guys, I honestly am not a big rewatcher of movies. Like, I mean, I watch movies multiple times. You know, it's not like I never do, but compared to you guys, I don't rewatch movies nearly as much as you guys do just from kind of how I hear you guys talk about movies over and over. So, and I, my, 
I, I have, I think my Blu-ray collection is like four movies. So honestly, I have to just plead ignorance on this question, but, uh, I would, I would venture to guess that the director's cuts usually better, but I, I honestly, I have to plead ignorance on this one. I I'm sorry. That's just a, <laughs> an age difference thing though, because when we're a little bit older than you, so it was amazing when we got VCRs. And mm-hmm. you could actually watch a movie whenever you wanted to. So you would sit down and and watch Star Wars over and over and over in and one yeah. day just because I can watch Star Wars again. I don't have to wait five years to watch Star Wars. Isn't this amazing? When you've had to suffer those kinds of horrible things, no. you know, those really, really horrible first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there, there is some scattered movies out there that are... I think better in their theatrical versions than Exorcist three is one that I think the theatrical version is better. Uh, Halloween six, the, the, uh, the whatever version was a train wreck. Uh, whereas the theatrical version was at least a somewhat more cookie cutter slasher movie versus the garbage that producers cut was. I'd like to have an opinion on, Oliver Stone's Alexander director's cut, mm. but I will never, I'm not, oh, I shouldn't say I will never watch that again. And see, I've seen that movie, but honestly, I can't tell you which version I've seen. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I believe the director's cut, he cut out, I don't know, he cut out huge chunk. he cut it way down, which is unusual. Usually the director's cut adds a good amount. Well, again, we keep coming back to Cameron because I wanted to say usually adds twenty minutes or something, but that's usually just Cameron. Yeah. Hmm. No. Oh, anyway. All right. There's my little whatever. <laughs> I'm still gonna say true. I still go for the director's cuts. <laughs> uh, Steven, your turn. All right. Um, now I don't have the exact numbers on like on what I'm gonna say here, but like westerns used to be like one of the most popular film genres, especially way back in the day. And in, in like the 50s and going into the early 60s, it was a huge genre, one of the most popular ones. And even today, we do get the occasional Western every couple of years. You know, we had like the Hateful Eight, Django, even the Revenant. You know, just last year, we had the Magnificent Seven remake and this and that. And they do pretty well. Bone Tomahawk. Hmm. Oh, Bone Tomahawk. Uh, but my question is, within our lifetimes... So, like, the next 50 or 60 years, whatever it might be, do you, true or false, the Western will have a renaissance and for at least for, like, five years or so be, like, one of the top two or three film genres where, for, like, again, for, like, a five-year period, we'll just see a whole slew of Westerns, you know, like the summer blockbuster Western or something like that. Will the Western make that big of a comeback within our lifetimes? Hmm. I'll I'll chime in right away. No, no, it will not. I don't. I, I, I wish. I wish, but no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, there has been sparks here and there. Three Ten to Yuma, I thought was a fantastic movie. Yes. It's like their their westerns just seem to be that that genre that is sprinkled throughout years. Like every now and then, there's a really good western. But I I personally do not see that at making a huge comeback to where. Biggest movie of the summer was a Western movie. What? I, mm, I wish. I love Westerns, but I don't, I don't think so. I mean, most recently, uh, 
Tarantino's Django was like a big one. The Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. But Even, well, the Revenant is, is kind of Western. It is, yeah. That did quite good. I love The Revenant. Yeah, but yeah, I... But even those are, they're one every couple years. Yeah. And, but... Yeah. Even with the success of The Revenant, we haven't seen a slew of like, oh, let's get on that bandwagon. Let's make a whole bunch of these, yeah. you know, gritty Western type movies. Like Bone Tomahawk. I think that that should have been like, that, that was like top number two on my best of that year. Maybe I think that was the same year as Revenant, which Revenant was number one for me. Uh, I, I just, man, for some reason, just, I, I can't see that making a huge comeback. Eric, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I could see that maybe coming back for like a, a year or two. Maybe we would have a Armageddon deep impact kind of scenario where it's like, they're going to make a Western and it's dark and gritty. We got to do one too. And then everybody kind of hops on board for a summer possibly. But right now it's all about uh, the, maybe comic book movies are the, the thing that is hot right now. And I know it seems like, they're going to be hot forever. No, this is just a fleeting phase like everything else in Hollywood. The difference is that uh, between now and the past is that movie making is getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So back to the Netflix problem that we have where anybody can put their shit on Netflix, big studios can afford to throw more money at more projects because the filmmaking is getting cheaper. So you are getting more of everything. And so you're not having one particular genre being the king. It just happens that right now it's comic book movies, but I don't know if I see it going back to being westerns. And there is more than a western sprinkled here one a year, two a year. They put out a lot of westerns every year. Most of them are horrible. Go go to Netflix and look in their western section. Amen. Uh, one of the worst roulettes I've ever watched in my entire life it was a western that we watched <laughs> that a few I months ago. I sat through because of you. <laughs> yeah. That movie was, oh, that was god awful. I Jane got a gun, uh, yeah, but I think there probably are good things in in that genre. It just, man, why do they? Maybe they've just mined that genre for every angle, and it's so rare when something comes along in that genre that is different. Where you get you get your bone tomahawk, yeah. where they sprinkle in your horror or your. Django or, you know, the ones that have been popular over the last few years is because they did something a little different, but they are having like a, a harder R or a horror twist, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what, but I, I definitely will run to the theater for the, um, Western, I was going to say sci-fi movie, but that Cowboys and Aliens really sucked. So I'm, I'm going to say Western time travel movie. I'll go watch that. Oh, Back (laughs) to the Future Part (laughs) 3.5. (laughs) <laughs> and i i would probably say well at least in the near future probably false maybe like when we're on our deathbed and it's been 50 years since it's really had a you know it's at its peak you know the farther we get away from its glory days maybe then but i i agree i think in you know the next 10 15 years or so i don't see it happening either but you never know. I mean, there was that spurt in the, uh, John was still in the John Wayne era where they were making World War II movies like crazy. And that was that, yeah. what? 60s, 70s, I want to say. Yeah. So, I mean, all of these kind of little corner sub genres come back around, but how, you know, how much property is there to mine after a while, especially in our new progressive era that we are living in, 
the wild, wild west of running and killing Native Americans, not so much popular anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and portraying yep. them as yeah, villains. That, that's, that's true, because how often, besides, I mean, there's only so many things you can do in a Western genre, now that you bring that up. It's like Bone Hawk, Tomahawk did kind of do it horror style, and you did the sci-fi thing, but you can only tell cowboys and Indian stories so yeah. many different ways, I think. So, and I don't want to speak for anybody, but if you go everybody, but if you go the sci-fi route with the western, I get bored real quick because ah, uh, uh, now I got to try and explain technology to freaking these hicks from the 1800s. You know, <laughs> uh, automatically I'm like, can't I just I, I love that bit in Time Cop where they just pull out machine guns and mow everybody down and grab the gold and move on with their lives. And I'm like, yeah, idiots. <laughs> oh, I need to watch Time Cop again. That's been years since I've seen that movie. So would we consider Gunslinger or The Dark Tower, would that be kind of sort of a Western? We haven't. I haven't seen it yet. But... I haven't seen it either. I, I, I haven't either. So yes, I would say yes. <laughs> See, th- again, there are still things that they have not done with the Western, or at least that I haven't seen that I, that would sell for me. Make me a Western with, well, I guess that's kind of Django, uh, a African-American main character who is the gunslinger, you know, but it's a Western. And mm-hmm. I know that Django's, that's a revenge thing, and Tarantino puts his own spin on it. But I mean, like a legit Appaloosa-type Western where it's an, a black guy. That would be something interesting and new and different to see. Yeah, it would. No disrespect to Django. That movie's awesome, but it's also that Tarantino... I, yeah. I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? It's not like serious. Yeah. yeah I would yeah. love to see like, and that is a spaghetti Western. I mean, that was Tarantino's version of spaghetti Western. I would love, like to see something maybe even a little bit more scaled back to where it's not a, a huge epic thing, but it was, it's more of a lean mean, like a like legit early, early seventies, late sixties, Italian type thing where it's 90 minutes long and they're playing it straight, and it's just there. Here's a, a gritty western, but like you said, with a maybe a black lead. Um, that would be kind of cool, I think. Yeah. yeah, I'd be down for that. I'd also be down for much like Ghostbusters. I'd be down for the uh, black remake of Three Amigos. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that movie. And if do we do we all enjoy uh, Sam Raimi's? Uh, his western i thought that was a really cool western with yes dicaprio Wait, what was i it? almost said gone in 60 seconds but that's not it what is it what? no that was um uh <laughs> what no what is it what's it called yeah the... sharon stone's in it sharon's um, leo yeah our Gene listeners Hackman. are screaming the title of this movie and i cannot think of it but it's a, that was a cool movie i like that movie oh we're I'm... not moving on with the show until we figure out this movie I'm Googling um, it as we... Da, 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 <laughs> Thank you. Da, 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 Have we seen that movie? Have all of us seen it? Oh, I own it. Yeah, Hell me too. Yeah, I've seen it. Good movie. The Quick and the Dead. Quick yes. and the Dead. That is a good movie. Yeah, I like that one. So anyway. Back yeah. back when Leo was still young Leo and he was all spunky and... Yeah, spunk, spunk. hair hanging in his <laughs> eyes and... I hey, got lots of attitude. <laughs> Russell Crowe and Gene Hackman were in there too. Yep. Been a long time since I've seen that movie. And um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Bishop Lance Manlians. Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Yep, that's a good movie. As Eugene remembers, makes a mental note that <laughs> I will be watching in for the next podcast. <laughs> All right. Any uh, any comments you guys want to, before we wrap up the segment? Move on for any uh, of our true or falses. I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. Let's move on to Recently Watched. 
Oh, we got... We're, we're doing good. We got good time. You want to... What, what's your list? What are your lists looking like, fellas? You, do you want to do uh, quick double headers? Or do you want to spend time on ones? Or what do you want to do? I, I have a, a bunch of stuff. Um, I do have a few that I know that you guys have talked about before, but I never got to discuss it with you guys. So I have some of those plus some new stuff during the summer that I watched that I never got to talk about. So I can go kind of all over the place, but yeah, I have a few, I have a few that I wouldn't mind spending a little bit more time on. And then I've got a couple that I'm going to probably rapid fire through. Okay. It's dealer's choice. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to go a, a couple. Uh, oh, I'm up first. Shit. Okay. I'm going to do two this round. First up, Assassin's Creed. A video game movie that I watched like two weeks ago and remember almost nothing about. My uh, review exactly. <laughs> oh, you watched this. Fantastic. Yeah, Michael Fassbender. Uh, it's, you know what? It It's, it's fine. That's the review for Assassin's Creed. It's fine. It doesn't hurt itself trying to to stick to the video game, I don't think. I don't know. I've only played, like, three-fourths of one. Um, And, you know, it utilizes some cool ideas, and it it has some good... It has the same fundamental problems as the game. You plug a guy in to look at his genetic code so that you can remember his memories, and then you go play the level, but if you die, you're brought back out. Like, oh, that wasn't how it went. Something must have went wrong. We gotta send you back in. And you're just like, eh... It's it's a memory. Why would I why would it get screwed up? So you're eh, whatever. It's yeah, it exists. That's where it is. It's not uh, solving the problem of video game to movie translations. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we watched that in the theater for my brother's birthday when it first came out, and man, I had a hard time not falling asleep during that movie. I got <laughs> bored very quickly. But yeah, there were a couple of cool fight scenes, but when they would pop up, I'd be like, oh sweet, this is sweet. Who's that? What's going on? Why are they... Yeah. Uh, somebody's kidnapped or something? No. Oh, but what does he have? Huh? <laughs> what's funny about that is my dad went and watched that with us, and I think he enjoyed it almost more than any of us four boys. So it was, that was funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next up. Life from 2016. I I mean, nearly ditto the review. Uh, there... Uh, Nah, I shouldn't say that. There was some really cool shit that happened in the third act. Yeah. Do you guys remember the trailer of this movie? Yep. Life, remember the movie? Okay. I, a scientist doing some damn dumb shit for most of this movie. Why would you go in there? Why would you put your hands in there? What are you doing? I don't think any of this follows the scientific method. I don't think that you're supposed to be doing that with an unknown life form. I it very very nah, for the first half, but when we get to the second half, when shit's really starting to hit the fan, then some interesting ideas were introduced, especially with moving the. I don't want to say too much, but moving the satellite or the space station. Sorry, moving the space station somewhere yep. else. It's like okay, this is interesting. I'm kind of into it now, but. Too much fluff and nonsense for me to really give this a huge thumbs up. I'll give it a passing thumbs up as interesting sci-fi. And as we'll see in future episode 215, when I watch it again, I'll be like, this is amazing. I get to watch a sci-fi movie. Yay, I'm happy. <laughs> yep. But as it is now, eh, 
right. I liked it. I thought that was a good movie. I did I too. I, 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 yeah. I didn't hate it. I certainly didn't hate it. Your your thoughts? For me, I for me like three and a half stars. Enjoyed it the whole way through. Not great. Certainly not awful. Enjoyable the whole way through. I, yeah. Yeah. I, that's same here. I it, it's kind of cookie cutter, but. I, uh, if you take away like, exactly what you said, Eric, there's, there's certain parts in the movie where you're, where you're like, what? No one would do that. You guys are smart. You wouldn't do dumb shit like that. But uh, getting from point A to point B, okay, I get it, whatever. The special effects are good. Acting is adequate. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, that was a, that was a win for me. I'm looking forward to watching that one again. And, and actually that was one I watched with my wife and she quite enjoyed it, which was surprising, but she was like, that was really good. I think she liked, the creature was not this slimy, gory, nasty-looking thing. It was, like, almost a beautiful-looking... Oh, I disagree wholeheartedly. That thing was nasty and slimy and, and, and gross when it did its bone-crunching inside of the people thing. Like, that was gross. Well, it almost looked like a like a flying jellyfish or something. It was... Yeah, it was... yeah fair enough. Now, the, uh, uh, interesting point, though. Why is it that when scientists do dumb shit in Prometheus, it doesn't bother me... In the slightest. But when they do dumb shit in this movie, I'm like, nah. <laughs> I think because in this movie it was dumber. In Prometheus it was one dumb guy. And here, yeah. let me pet Space Serpent. Well, he's dead. Hey, good luck, red shirt. Okay. Uh, Eugene, uh, okay. Do, uh, one, two, three, whatever you want to do. Okay. So, as I said uh, when we were talking about the true and false thing, uh, a movie that I've watched two times, uh, well, make that three times now on Blu-ray, but I watched this movie twice before on VHS uh, or a VHS transfer and didn't much care for the movie, but Arrow released the movie. Here comes the (laughs) Blu-ray. Yep, here comes the Blu-ray of 1982's The Slayer, which is impossibly cool for a title. I love that title, um, of course. Uh, Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm having a flashback to the video store. Is this one of those, like, Conan ripoff things with burly barbarians on it? No. No, it is not. Well, that was an awesome derail. No, that's fine. (laughs) Um, The Slayer, 1982, it it was one of the video, video nasties. And uh, the only way I could ever watch this movie was, yep, yep, these these really awful third generation VHS rips. And I, the first two times I watched it, I'm like, oh, this is boring. Not much is happening. Lots of talking. Early '80s. Nah. And then the Arrow Blu-ray comes out, looking like a million bucks. And I watched it, and I'm like, you know what? I have a newfound appreciation for this movie. There's some really, really good stuff in this that is pre-Nightmare on Elm Street that, that honestly, I think Wes Craven took some ideas from this movie to incorporate into the obviously better Nightmare on Elm Street. But this is still another one of those cool early 80s slasher movies that there is a glut of them. But when they're remastered properly with with great special features... Um, it elevates the movie for me. And after watching the movie, I watched like an, a nearly hour long retrospective on the movie. And just with what went into the movie, how they did the special effects, where they shot the movie. Um, it, basically, it's a, a group of people on an island. And this lady is having these nightmares 
about this creature killing them off. And then it actually is happening. No one believes her, but hey, it really is happening. And then there's a huge twist in the end, which is really, <laughs> really cheesy, but cool. We just uh, found but, Bobby's remains. Shut up. Yeah. Go back to your camping. There's yes. no demon. <laughs> uh, but it, it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. This time here, I'm like, oh, it's like a pack of cigarettes. The first couple packs, you're like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> Who would ever do this? And then you're like, wait a minute. Ah, I kind of like that cool feeling on the back of your throat. Okay. <laughs> That's the Slayer. Right Shut there. up. You're making me want to go smoke. <laughs> Doing the show. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the only thing that's missing from this movie is like a song from Slayer for the end credits. That would have been just beautiful. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, how do you but, how do you miss on that? I know, but uh, the, I like that uh, the special little features they they go into why this was a video nasty as well as the effects. This is back in the golden days of these types of movies where they had to rely like a low budget had to rely on inventive special effects and the makers of this movie watched every single thing that Tom Savini had ever done up to that point and they're like how do we do that and i loved hearing this like they're like how do we emulate everything that that Tom Savini did and they and with that mindset the special effects in this movie you're like wow that kind of feels like a Tom Savini effect from the early 80s so again it just that's I was going to uh, say, the director says that to his crew, and one guy's like, we'll, we'll put together a team, and we'll go try and figure out how, what chemicals we can put together to get that color of blood, and we'll do this, <laughs> and we'll do that, and we'll do that. And the accountant stand there going, we could just hire fucking Tom Savini. I don't know what, yeah, what the problem yeah. is. But it's by then, it's too late now. It's, like, well, yeah, we've... it's not like he's that expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so anyway, there's a great pitchfork scene, and the, the, the highlight of the movie is a pitchfork <laughs> scene through a chest, and they explain how they did it, and I'm like, Wow, like it looks really, really good in the movie, but the amount of the, the stuff that they had to do to accomplish that to where it's like now it would be like that, really. But back then, it's just it's different. They had to be inventive back then. That's why I'm just such a whore for these early 80s weird yep. movies. Anyway, okay, that's the Slayer. Next up um, is jumping to the early two or early 1990s. And this is a movie I won't spend much time on. Uh, but Eric, you talked about this on the show before, and that's Pet Cemetery Part Two. No, I haven't. Are you sure you didn't talk about I'm Pet Cemetery Two? Ninety percent sure. I have never seen that film, starring Edward. Furlong. I've never seen any of the Pet Cemetery, so there's that. Ooh. I talked about Edward Furlong being in Pet Cemetery Two, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Ooh. Oh, here we go. Okay, let's <laughs> let's get this done. So Edward Furlong's in it. That's one thing. So. <laughs> Negative. Here's a positive. No, don't, no, no. It's it's not a negative. It's a middle of the road. Last time we talked about Edward Furlong, we got banned from a site. So, <laughs> friend of show Edward Furlong is in Pet Cemetery too. Yeah. Um. And he's still obviously in the. Uh, he looks like almost exactly like he did in Terminator Two because this is like two years after that. Uh, Anthony Edwards is in this, and Clancy Brown, who is. <laughs> The only reason to watch this movie is Clancy Brown. The absolute only reason to watch this movie. This movie is garbage. Um, <laughs> what a what a grab bag of of actors. I know. Yeah, and Anthony Edwards. Like I'm like he's a good actor. And what are you doing what? in this utter shit? Oh come on, man. He was goose and tough. Oh, he's gun, goose. So he gets That's a why. It's a, yes. Yeah, it's a pass. Uh, but um, I know him from ER. Happen. It's things happen, and it, oh, it was it was awful. This 
I felt like I should be watching. Like, this should be slickly shot on HD, and it should have been released yesterday on Netflix, and I would hate it equally because it feels like a Netflix original movie that somehow was shot on 35mm back in the early 90s, and it's... I hated it. That movie can rot in hell, just like the corpses in this movie. But they come back. They come back, you see, because on the cover it says, raise some hell and things, and he's got a shovel. And Okay, I'm done. Awful. Uh, oh man, that's fantastic! Uh, little known fact: Anthony Edwards' uh, nickname is not George Clooney in ER. Uh, over to you, Stephen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'm going to do like four really quick. But again, these are movies that you guys have seen. Before. Go for it. Um, Go for it, man. And we were talking about Bone Tomahawk earlier, and I actually wrote it down right here on my little piece of paper, so you can see Bone Tomahawk. Um. I finally got a chance to watch this after Eugene, you had talked about it a lot of times and you guys talked yeah. about it, but um, I enjoyed the movie. The gory parts were really good. I liked all that, but man alive, this movie is slow. <laughs> yes, slow. It is. I go back to that one thing you said one time, Eric, like one man's uh, uh, slow burn is another man's uh, boring as shit or something like that. Yep. And I, not that I was bored with this, but because this movie is long and there's like no jump cuts to anything in this movie. It's everything that they do, they do on screen. It, it, it effective a little bit because you feel like you're on that journey with them to, you know, to go rescue the people. But man, it is just slow, really <laughs> slow. <laughs> um, um, let me. I'll do the, these four that I we'll wanna, talk I about. I want to grade on this because you're. I, I can. I, after doing many episodes of this show with Eugene, I can hear it in your voice where you're like, "It's okay," <laughs> because I like you and we're friends. Well, <laughs> but if it's it's all right, go ahead. If you want to shit on it, that's all right. Well, we're no, big there's boys. A, there's enough gore. Like when the gore comes, that's great. So it's worth the journey, but this is not one that I would go back and rewatch very often at all. But the gore is great. I like that stuff. It's just so slow. So very I, slow. I can't argue with you. I I, I think that uh, I kind of feel like you and Eugene are a little more on the same page with this movie than I am. Because when we – I was really into it, and then when we got to the gore parts, I thought that they were so over the top, it almost took me out of the movie. Yeah, oh. You know what I mean? I, I I still was like, oh wow, you had some, you had some balls to do that. Oh, or yeah, yep. Remove some balls to do that. But <laughs> oh um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yay for puns. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was so hardcore that it almost like, whoa, wait, what are we doing here now? I'm like, I don't know. I was really into it up until that ultra gory thing at the third act. But uh, yeah. I loved the characters in that movie so much that I loved the dialogue. I'm like, I, I don't mind hearing you guys talk for two hours because I love the badassery of the old West and the creepy feel of the deserted, you know, landscape. I, I adore that movie. Well, one day when you get back to uh, normal life and you're yeah. cool with watching regular movies again, I still wish you would watch Appaloosa, that Western. Yeah, I, I really flip. want to. Really good movie. Yeah. Okay, now, n another one that I watched. Now, Eugene will agree a little bit more on this one. Now, I, can, I don't know if you watched this one, Eric. I can't remember. But The Black Coat's Daughter. Oh, nice. Big thumbs up on this one. Good, um, good. 
and Oz Perkins is two for two because you weren't a big fan of the I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House or whatever that was called. I want to watch that again. Yeah, I, I, I appreciated that movie, but I need to watch it again. I, I appreciate it, but I didn't. It wasn't for me, but eventually I'm going to watch that one again. October. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because those two movies, the tone of them is so different because Black Coat's Daughter is like dark and depressing and whatnot. And the other one's like a, like a poem type thing, but they're both creepy and both of them, I give big thumbs up to both of them. So I don't, I didn't see anything else that he's doing on IMDb, but whatever he's doing next, um, I'll be there to watch that one. Um, and then one last one real quick, uh, was a roulette that you guys had a few weeks ago. I don't know how long ago, but to the bone, um, that one oh, nice. eating disorder. Um, I am right with you on this, Eric, that one, cause I like the movie. But that one scene at the end, I, we have Don't to be talking it. about the same one. <laughs> oh, we're talking about the same one. There is no <laughs> doubt with whatsoever. <laughs> Even if that's realistic and that actually happens in that world, man, that was just so weird and bizarre that it, it was just... That's all. It's the one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen. Like I don't see how that was, is a real thing that would actually happen. It was so weird. It was but, so off-putting that I assume it absolutely was a real thing that happened, and that's why they put it in there. Yeah. I don't even know if this story was based on on somebody's real life, but it kind of makes me feel like it was. Like that happened to somebody, and somebody was like, "I have to put this in the movie because this happened to me." Can you believe it? So strange. So Ugh. strange. Awful. Oh, then what, one more real quick and I'll be done. Uh, the Void, I watched it. Um, mm. The practical effects and everything, great. But, man, would it have hurt him to put a little bit of a story in there that makes sense? That's the only yeah, thing. Yeah, it was hard to follow. I will agree. It was, it was uh, nah. obtuse. Nah. I disagree. I disagree with both of you. I got it. It was fine. <laughs> but it was fun to watch all the practical effects and everything, but yeah. It was creepy. I just I just wish the story was better. I don't know. Hey, jumping back to Black Coat's daughter real quick. Did you like how they were jumping around with time? Well, I don't want to say too much, but yes. how they were uh and then just that that really the ending and how things wrapped up. I'm like, Oh man, that is like perfectly black, depressing. Cool. Yeah. I would really like to talk spoiler on that one. Yes. There's a couple things I'd like to talk about just cause I don't think the movie cheats in any way that it does no. its thing, but I would really like to talk about it. But, yes. but Eric, either way, actually, big yeah. thumbs up. Eric, do you want I me think... to step out from the show? How much time do you need? Uh, no. I will set a timer. No, here's, well, here's what we'll do. I have the Blu-ray of it, and because it's on Amazon streaming. But uh, Eric, I got the Blu-ray. I'll let you borrow the Blu-ray, give it a watch, and then we'll we'll come back eventually, and we'll do a spoiler right. review. I'll hold now. that back until the next time that he is on. Steve okay. is on. Uh, I have a question for. Uh, well, go ahead, finish up with Black Hood's daughter. Oh, I, no, I was just going to say that again. Back to Oz Perkins. Just the the fact his two movies. They're both so good, and just the tone of them is so different. So, I, honestly, I just can't wait to see what he does next. So, yeah, me too. Agreed. I have a question for to the bone. We are a little older than you, as I have mentioned several times on this podcast. Uh, uh, but you also grew up in the same vicinity that we did. So, question about millennials. 
Do you know anybody that fits the description of the main character in To the Bone? I don't mean specifically with the anorexia bit, but I'm talking about millennial type person with that kind of parents where parents are buddies and ignoring them, borderline neglect. Because it, this movie, if one thing this movie did, it really caused me to stop, like, quick labeling certain people, oh, you're just millennial lazy, yada yada. Because if this is the way that the millennial generation is being raised is by parents like this, they have no hope. They're, they they don't have, are not being given the tools to exist in this world. Yeah. Uh, so... My question to you, someone younger than us, do you, one, do you know anybody like that? And two, did that, did this movie open your eyes to that kind of situation? I like personally don't really know anyone like that. However, where I work, cause I, I, you know, where I work, you know, I'm, I see a lot of high school kids and I don't know them personally, but I get to know some of their, their kind of home life. And that type of stuff happens for sure. Yeah. Some of the, some of the, now I can't say that specifically that, but I mean, the home lives that, that some kids go through is, is crazy. And that's just, you know, right here and where we live. So yeah. Yeah. Eugene, you need to watch this movie at some point. Yeah. I'm telling you, I can tell uh, it's a good movie. And if just only for Keanu Reeves kills it and, Lily Collins. Uh, Collins, thank you. She is fantastic in it too, and the British guy. It, ah, it's yes. good shit. Yeah, it just that that one. It's scene. literally what is it like a five or ten minute scene? Yeah, where you're like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Could yeah. have so easily cut that out. Anyway, okay. Moving on. Uh, my turn again. Hmm. Do I go TV or do I go? Stuff I really want to... Well, it'll annoy Eugene, so I'm going to go TV. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It actually won't. Uh, Real quick doubleheader. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on either of these. Uh, 11-22-63. Finally got done. I wrapped that shit up real quick. That didn't take long. One, I love James Franco. Two, he put a pie-eating scene in here saying it's so good. Referencing his character in Spider-Man 3, James Franco, Lifetime Pass. Because (laughs) Spider-Man 3 is awesome. Everybody else can suck my dick. That movie is. (laughs) So does James Franco is awesome. I love that man so much. I I can't tell you. Uh, Granted, you're not going to be able to do a full King uh, book in pretty much any medium. Unless you want to spend... 10 years because his books are so damn long. Yeah. Uh, they took the shortcuts that I assumed they would, which was not the retru- repeated trips back and forth. Agreed. Yep. Which I expected them to do. I was disappointed that they didn't, but it was uh, uh, understandable. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fine translation from medium to medium. That's the yeah. best that I can give it. It's not as good as the book. Because no. the the passion just you just it just isn't there. It's the same with everything that Stephen King does that's translated over. Is there anything, anything that he has done that has translated over well? Yeah, maybe you know it. Y- y- the new movie, maybe, 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 yeah, y- maybe. 
I will say this. It will only be half of it, and it's not going to have that scene at the end. No, it won't. There's no way. There's no way. (laughs) And it shouldn't have been in the book, either. That was creepy and weird. Yeah, I will say this about Stephen King, uh, and as much as I love The Shining, The Shining is totally different from the Kubrick versus King, That that obviously. But I will say... Pet Cemetery, I think, is one of, if not the most faithful adaptions of his novel. Like, I read the book and I watched the movie and I'm like, that is pretty close. Like, there's not a whole lot that's missing in the movie. They obviously truncated it a bit, but it's pretty much all there versus so many of other of his stories to where even Salem's Lot, which I think Salem's Lot, the movie from Toby Hooper, Rest in Peace Now, uh, is fantastic. Uh, But... It, there, for as great as that movie is, it, there's still so much stuff that was cut out of it because it's his books are so good and so long that anyway, yeah, not necessarily in the same sentence. Uh, some yeah. of them are some some of them are very good and some of them are very long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would that's a good point though. Pet Cemetery that might be the closest one to being yeah. the most faithfully faith. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Recently Watched. Here we go. Third <laughs> yep. act. Oh, boy, I'm glad this it is my weird. last like, round. Reading, reading that book after watching Pet Cemetery numerous times, reading the book, I'm like, wow. Because like, I, I read the book only a like, couple of years ago. I'm like, wow, this is like really, really close to the movie. Uh, obviously, it like is. I said, they cut things back. But I'm like, everything that is in the book is pretty much in the movie. So I appreciated that. I thought that was pretty I good. I agree. The, the thing that they left out of the movie that stuck with me the most from the book was the dad running up to the road and talking about seeing his kid's baseball cap with brains in it. Do you remember Ooh, that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they didn't show that in the movie. No, but anyway, they didn't. I, I, I would agree. That was, that is, that might be the most faithful adaptation. Yeah. I need to watch that. I, Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot is fantastic. And so is Pet Cemetery. The original Pet Cemetery is a damn good movie. It's pretty good. The book was better, but <laughs> just because my imagination at the time, like the the book, re- like really reeled me in, and then the yeah. movie, it's like eh, it's an it's nineties, right? Yeah, well, very late eighties, late eighties, late yes. early nineties. So it's like yeah. eh, it's a certain style that if you're going back to later, it's eh, a little kid. And <laughs> yep, it's it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. but eleven twenty two sixty three. That that still. I gotta say, man, that might be up there with, oh, excuse me, um, with, on my list of King. Like, that, that might be up in, like, the top five, that book. It yeah. is, I love that it's thing. It's so a fantastic good. book. Yeah. I recommend getting the audiobook and listening to that. Uh, next up, wrap up TV for me this week. The Defenders season one. I want to, I was going to write a, a review of this last week for the Facebook page and wow. I was like, why didn't Eugene like my review? Oh, that's because I forgot to uh, write it. <laughs> 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 that's how busy I have been with kids hey. and shit. So, uh, yeah, the Defenders season one, they did a Coming off of the disappointing Iron Fist, they did a very smart move in making this a shorter series. I think it's only like eight episodes or something. I really liked it. I think I liked it more than most of the people online. They, It's a shorter season. Uh, it, it They do a lot centered around Iron Fist again, but 
he's not on screen all the time, or he's not fighting all the time. It, it has to do with an Iron Fist uh, vein running through the storyline that kind of connects them all. And I just can't help but love Luke Cage. Luke Cage still my favorite of all of the Marvel TV stuff. I love it. It Everything with him, he just is freaking great. It's great seeing them all to come together. I honestly did not realize how much I missed Jessica Jones. She is awesome. She is just a nasty, just a nasty, just mean chick, and I love her. She's great. And her and Luke Cage hooking up again, it just brings together everything they've kind of built up. It's a, it's a bit of a mini Avengers. And trying to be a, a forgiving thing with uh, Iron Fist. Like, sorry, we kind of mucked that one up, but we'll make it better with this, maybe? And I know a lot of people are still kind of shitting on it, but I don't care, man. I thought it was great. I thought... I, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Um, the Marvel TV thing is where they're going dark. Marvel movies, not dark. Nobody's dying over there. Over here, there's real stakes in the Marvel TV universe. Uh, opposite with DC. DC uh, TV, happy fun times. DC movies, everybody's dying. <laughs> yep. Uh, I should so, maybe finish Daredevil. I haven't got through Daredevil yet. So. <laughs> you hated that shit. Don't well, you don't you don't have yeah, to lie. It's all yeah, right. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a little bit. <laughs> no, you dedicated like a whole episode to how everybody in the world lost their mind about Daredevil. Yeah, that's all right. That's if you true. don't like it, that's fine. But I would I would appreciate your review of Jessica Jones because that is some extremely dark, almost too dark for me. Well, I know I had asked you. I remember about Luke Cage. If I had to watch Daredevil to watch that one, and you said no, and no, I, I just haven't got around to it yet. But I go, do for you. Oh, yeah. Go to Jessica Jones. Jessica Eugene, Jones. I want you to watch Luke Cage because that is good, so many callbacks to uh, black exploitation, which I love. It's fantastic. Tons of seventies music. It's it's great. But uh, yeah, Stephen. Uh, Jessica Jones, that one's for you. Okay. Uh, okay, Eugene, last round for you. Okay, uh, let's start with uh, Martin Scorsese's Silence. I've been wanting to watch this movie ever since it was released to theaters, and it was uh, with, as Eric can uh, attest to, with our schedules, a two-hour and 40-minute movie in the theater is really difficult to come by these days because kids and trailers and everything and all of a sudden you're investing nearly four hours and so i waited and thinking i was going to eventually buy this on blu-ray but voodoo did a special on this for like uh seven or eight bucks to own on hdx and i'm like sold i'm buying that right now and bought it and watched it over the course of two days because it is that long and again kids stuff work um having said that this is a martin scorsese movie and so it is brilliant Uh, i'm trying to decide where it falls in line with his other movies uh halfway through i'm like this is one of his top tier movies but by the end and because of the heavy nature of the movie uh, i'm not sure how soon i can watch this one again because it is heavy uh really really heavy and depressing and uh, uh, but it's gorgeous. The movie is so 
beautiful and well acted and there's so much going on. I like I part of me feels like I need to watch this movie again in a year, but the other part of me says, uh, but you were really depressed after it. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, but Andrew Garfield, seriously, Andrew Garfield's character in this movie or his performance in this movie, I think is Oscar caliber. That's now, same why thing. why do you think it got buried? Because this movie got no love at all. I know. I, uh, you know what? Relig- I'm not sure. I'll answer that question. And Religion. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Religion? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's heavy. That's that's that is every almost every scene in this movie is focusing on religion. Where we are right now politically. Hey, do you want to see a bunch of white guys try and bring religion over to not white people? And everybody's like, mm. <laughs> but it's really rainy in all of our trailers. <laughs> yeah, I would agree there. Uh, it's a great movie, though. I'm not it running is. to the theater. If you tell me Martin Sc- Scorsese is going to shoot some bad thug people in New York in 1960, okay, I'm there. I'm. But yeah. hey, some white guys are going to Asia with Bibles. And I, I thought the same thing because when that trailer came out, I was like, "That looks good. It's gonna be good." But for some reason, I don't want to see it right now. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it, no, no, rightly and rightly so because it is a heavy, heavy, heavy movie. And after the midway point, I'm like, "This is so good," but then it just gets into more of the same to where I'm like, "Oh, this is just I'm feeling like this oppressive, depressing force on me because there's so much." Just religion and anger and uh but it's it's such a great movie. Uh but I won't watch it again for a very, very long time. Anyway, there is silence. I'm glad I watched it. Um next up is <laughs> completely going another direction is Jaws Part Two. And I know I've we've talked about this movie and I did a full write-up on Movie Movie Freaks Facebook page, but this is officially becoming like my go-to for the Jaws movies to where I want to watch this every year because I love Jaws 2 so much. It's not quite the classic that the first one is. The first one is better, but something about Jaws 2 is just like it's this bastard stepchild of the first one that works so well and it like it's almost as good but not quite yet it's every bit as fun for me, I think. And I'm starting to like the character quirks in it to where, like, oh, there's the obnoxious screaming lady, like, that she screams nonstop towards the end. Of the, like, why doesn't Jaws bite her head off? And I'm like, there <laughs> Jaws, she is, like. So, basically, Jaws 2 is the, is like Alien 3. Yeah, yes. I, I really like Jaws 2. I, man, it's, it's, like, in fact, my wife watched it with me, and I'm like, okay, here's what we're watching tonight. She's like, Jaws 2 again? Like, yep, I know, it's been less than a year, but I've got that Jaws itch, and why don't we watch Jaws 2? Because it's not as good as the first one. There you go. I love it. I I love Jaws 2. Which Jaws is it that has that really, really bad CGI where it looks like that plastic shark just floating towards the glass? Jaws 3. Jaws 3. That's not CGI. That's... Uh, it's not CGI. It's a, it's a tiny little uh, plastic Rubber. toy that's just <laughs> yes. Jaws two still is legit. Like Jaws three is where things jump the shark. Uh, but oh, yeah. hey, uh, hey, hey. hey. wow! Yeah. You're kind of in podcast jail right now. I think because yeah. of that comment. <laughs> what do you guys think of Jaws two? Like Steve, have you watched Jaws two? I've not seen past Jaws one. 
What is happening right now? Come on, dude. <laughs> Jaws uh, 2 is a very worthy follow-up, no, I think. Yeah, Jaws 2 is great. It, 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 let's put it this way. If Jaws 1 didn't exist, Jaws 2 would be Jaws 1. Yeah, You know what I, I mean? Agree. Like, people totally would agree. think of Jaws 2 as the masterpiece, but Jaws 1 is just that much better. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Jaws 2 or 3, no Pet Cemetery. I have only seen one Scott Atkins movie. <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to go back on the show, I don't think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And hold on, let me just end the Skype right here and <laughs> close. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, anyway, but Jaws 2 on Blu-ray, there again, the fact that it is on Blu-ray and it's a great transfer, it makes the movie that much better because it looks so good and there's some great making of stuff on there and what – actually some of the – some discussion on what was originally – talked about for doing Jaws 2, which was one was doing the story, the true story of what uh, Quint was talking about on the boat, where it's like, it's the, uh, it's the Navy guys in the boat and they're, yeah. So they had talked about doing that. And uh, Peter eventually had an idea of doing something else or no, uh, Arthur, Arthur uh, C. Uh, what's his name? Shit. Uh, 2001 author. Uh, Arthur C. Clark. Yes, yes. Uh, he had his own uh, idea of what Jaws 2 should be, but they ultimately decided, well, we, no, we need to get Roy Scheider's character back and that whole family back. And I'm glad that they went this route because it does feel like an extension of Jaws 1. But uh, the whole, everything about Jaws 2 just works for me. And I've, I've literally, I've watched this movie uh, three times in the last three years. It's it's one of those <laughs> every year. I'm like, up. Oh, I feel like Jaws 2 coming on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How many times yeah. I've said that? Hey, honey, <laughs> I feel a Jaws yep. two coming on. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't argue with that. It, I. It's a fantastic sequel. It yeah. really is. It's a fantastic movie, and it's. Well, like I said before, if Jaws one didn't exist, Jaws two would be the masterpiece. But yeah. Jaws one exists. It's just. Yep. It's not quite as good as that one, but it's damn good. And yeah. it sure as shit isn't three and four. <laughs> Amen to that. Yep. Okay, I'm done. Okay, uh, Stephen, last round for you, sir. Do as many right. as you want. Uh, I'll I'll just do a couple here. Um, have you guys seen Dunkirk? No. I what I had some time off during the summer, so I got to watch it three times on the Holy XD shit. screen. <laughs> wow. Hey, and was I, it uh, was it good? <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> Honestly, it got better every single time I watched it. Wonder Woman was my favorite movie of the year up to this point for a while, but I think Dunkirk might have surpassed it. I love the movie, and I don't even it. The, I, I told my brothers because I went watched it first, and they went up and watched it with me. I told them, "Don't expect." I don't know how much you guys have read on it or whatever, but. Don't expect a traditional horror movie, or horror movie, good grief, a war movie, <laughs> traditional <laughs> war movie, because um, there's there's no battles, you know, there's nothing traditional really about it as far as a war movie goes. It's basically, you know, just a, an escape movie, what it sounds like, get these people off the beach to safety. And the movie could almost be a silent movie. There's talking and all that in it. But honestly, you could almost strip away all the dialogue, and it could almost play as a silent movie. <clears throat> and the sound, 
the the sound mixing and what all that you know the score and everything is it's unnerving and it's so it's just so awesome and the cinematography is just amazing i honestly like i said i saw it three times it got better each time um it's fantastic is the is the dialogue stepped on by the score uh what do you mean about that exactly Nolan is is going this weird way uh, the further he goes along in his filmography at least for me personally where like Interstellar love the oh, movie okay. it's fantastic but there were parts where Michael Caine what are you saying I can't hear you yeah. because the sound mixing the score is louder than the dialogue no I didn't ha- I didn't have uh, that feeling about this movie as much because I know that one scene in Interstellar where they're in bed or whatever and they're yeah. talking the music the yeah and I don't think it was that bad here but there's just the and I watched the video on YouTube how they mix this sound and it's just like this this ticking and the music just it's kind of constant and it feels like it keeps going up even though it stays at the same level and then the planes come in and they drop bombs and stuff. it's just it's awesome I loved every bit of it and the cinematography the air the the stuff with the planes is just amazing I hope this it's fantastic can't wait my to only, watch it. My only regret is I didn't get to watch it four times in XD. Wow. <laughs> wow. Ah, the words of a single person. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I've got one more. So if you no, thought no, that... Go, I, uh, go ahead. Uh, final thought on Dunkirk, though, is I would love to see it, but I'm just personally so not in war movie mood. You know yeah. what I mean? And when I heard that... Uh, he was going to make a war movie. I was like, ah, damn it. Uh, (laughs) Because anything that he makes, I'm there. But then it's war movie. I'm like, ah, yeah. I'm just not viewing that as entertainment these days because it's, it's just fucking depressing. Any, anything like real life war related, but that's just me. And I'll end on a high note. Sandy Wexler. Uh, Wait, Adam this Sandler. is the high note? Yeah, we'll end of the... <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to start with a complaint, because remember, I did ask you guys to watch Sandy Wexler, and I wanted your opinion on it, and I have yet to hear an opinion on this movie. I... I... <laughs> <laughs> it washed from your memories, you... <laughs> it's gone. Uh, I, Sandy, I've, I've been busy, dude. I'm dealing with kids and snotty noses and shit. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. <laughs> but yeah, Adam Sandler, this is him. He play. he uses that really nice, you know, his baby voice. That's really, really annoying, but, it, but it works here for some reason. At least it did for me. And it's based off of his actual agent that he had and his whole regular stable of, you know, everyone that's in an Adam Sandler movie shows up here. And I don't know, maybe I was just in a good mood when I watched this movie, but I thought it was hilarious, and I thought it had kind of a good heart to it as well. Um, honestly, it's one of my, oh, I dare I say, favorite Adam Sandler movies that I've seen in a very, very long time. Where does it fall with the other uh, Netflix originals that he has done? Um, I would put this first... And then the do-over second, and then the ridiculous sixth third. Better than the do-over. Hmm. 
Again, maybe I was just in a good mood. I don't know. But I, I, I thought it was funny. Because sometimes you have such low expectations for a movie, you go in and watch and it's half good. And then you're like, oh, that was fantastic. But yeah. but it's really long. How uh, long is it? Uh, it's only two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> for a comedy, that's, uh, that's pretty long. Yeah. I'll bump it up. I ain't watching yeah. anything notable right now. So <laughs> what do I care? So, yeah, we'll end on an Adam Sandler movie for me. So how about that? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I, I will watch it eventually. I, I just, yeah. I With me, I am I would like to make excuses, but honestly, I am too busy watching early 80s nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the Slayer. Uh. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, coming soon. Let's do a, a coming soon. Reviews that we have coming in the future. Uh, first up, once again, The Accountant, Collide, Brave, Banking on Bitcoin, Death Note. Eugene, I'm surprised you didn't bring that up. I was hoping you would. You didn't. Save it for next round. Gold. I watched it. Uh, Star Wars, Episode 7, The Force Awakens. You watched that yep. one again, huh? Or you're oh, going to watch yeah. it? Well, everybody is just waiting with bated breath on my uh, sixth viewing. <laughs> I have thoughts. Uh, Eugene, what do you have coming soon? Uh, I've got a mid-80s movie called Transformations. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> and a mid-80s movie called Star Crystal. Dun-dun-dun. And... Um, some movie that, uh, I bought on Amazon because it was on sale from Severin, which is another one of those niche Blu-ray companies. And it's called The Killing of America, which is basically Faces of Death. I'm like, yeah, so that'll be me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Killing of America, which is, yeah, uh, real footage of, yeah, your typical executions and whatnot. I'll probably watch that while I'm working out in the morning. Because that's how I start my day. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And, hey, good on you, Christian Bale. Over to you, Stephen. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm watching next. Uh, see, I'm back to work now, so I can't go to the theater anymore. So all the new stuff, I, I don't know when I'll get to watch that. So I don't know. Just whatever's on Netflix or comes to Redbox. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I Good enough for this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything theatrically coming out that that any of us should be like, we've got to go see this in the theater? I, for me, it's uh, Blade Runner. It's Blade Runner, then Star Wars. Is there anything me else? Me too. That, that's that's me right there. Blade Runner, Mother. Star Wars. Mother. Hey, yes. I desperately want to see that movie, but uh, I, don't, I probably don't have to see it in theater. Oh, I think that's definitely a theater one for me. I think America. You don't have Ameri- kids, and it's not a pain in the ass. You don't understand. <laughs> well, I have to, I have to deal with the people at the theater, so that's sometimes painful. Well, that's a pain in the ass for everybody on planet Earth. Uh, I think uh, um, Kingsman Two. I think looks good. American Made, the new uh, Tom Cruise movie. I think that looks good. But I, that that um, what, oh, what is it called? Does it have America in the title? I think as well. That American Amer- Assassin. That movie is, or that the tr- those trailers are really growing on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that dude is pissed off, and that looks interesting. Utter silence. Great guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good. 
podcast. All right. Ooh, you guys are like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that you feel that way. And uh, we don't. Well, I'm actually I'm sitting here saw. thinking there's got to be some other really good movies coming out this uh, this holiday season that that i'm excited about but I yeah i'm clicking it, through it, a box office mojo right now there blade runner yeah october what else is there i heard a german uh is total rumor mill but i heard a uh, G- german uh, something or other got the theatrical runtime of that as a what was it 168 minutes whatever it was it was like pushing three hours like two hour fifty I'm so wow! I can't wait. I'm I love all that. for that. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, the Justice well. League coming off of Wonder Woman. I've got high hopes yeah, that, for that. There you go. Uh, apart from that, yeah. I I I think it looks great. I've I'm you're adding Joss Whedon into the mix of a superhero mix-up happy time film. I'm I'm, I'm in. What's not to like? Yeah. I hear he's making huge uh, changes. He's only listed on the credits as writer. He's not getting a director credit, which is classy. Yeah, no kidding. Because of the tragedy. That's horrible. But he dumped huge bits and they're refilming a bunch of bits. I mean, I, I, how are you not going to bank on Joss? Yeah, that's a horrible, horrible tragedy that happened. But for me, again, I'm, I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan. So anything that Joss Whedon wants to change... I'd probably be in favor of, but eh. I I like them both, so I'm good. Show me the movie, and then I'll judge. I I am not a DC hater. Uh, I, wow, this is totally freaking derailed. <laughs> We're way over time. Uh, what about Jeepers Creepers three? What about Jeepers Creepers three? Uh, is that, any... I mean, what, yeah. is there an actual Jeepers Creepers three? When there is that going to happen? Oh, it's huh? done. It's it. Uh, it was scheduled to premiere at uh, in somewhere in California. I guess it got canceled because of Victor Salva and protests and blah blah blah. And but it's done. And I'm I'm excited about Jeepers Creepers three. I really liked the first two movies. I did too. They're good. Those are good movies. But anyway, yeah, the second one's a pile of shit. First nah, one's good. school bus and things. That's the, the only thing I remember about that movie is that there was a school bus in it. What about Victor Crowley? Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know what? After part three, I'm like, uh, what else are they going to do there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We didn't get uh, <laughs> oh. as much story as... Uh, yeah, I, I, I needed buses. more story, more meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode. And uh, hey, Stephen, I can't wait till you're on again. It'll probably be uh, as soon as we can. Schedules are so busy. We'll just wait and see. Uh, but we'll look forward to you checking off one of the roulettes so we don't have to watch it, hopefully. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Stephen Miller. See you next time, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening.